0: Welcome to The Bunker. This is my 50th take of this intro, so I hope I get it right. Today we're talking to Johnny Youngblood. Johnny is a rapper, but I realized soon that there is a bigger story behind the whole thing. As a kid, Johnny had some health issues that were very challenging for him. He was abused, and then he spent the next decades dealing with the consequences of all this. He never gave up, not even when there was an organ transplant involved. He made it here to Prague, where he has made a career partially out of being a rapper. Um, He's going to share his story, tell us all about it, and um, it's very interesting, guys. Very interesting. This guy has had the wind in his face the whole life. I also want to mention the sponsors. uh, The Oat Bar in Karlin, open on the weekdays from 8.30 to 3.00. Except Fridays to 1.30, and open on Saturday morning from eight thirty to 1.30. you can order on vault and bolt or you can come and take away amazing oatmeals and skier. Uh, my other sponsor is Alfred Jobs, as the word indicates it's a job page or actually not just a page it's an app as well. so you can find your job, you can set up a job watch um, that sends you any interesting job whenever it's available. And you don't have to browse through millions of irrelevant jobs. What a fucking word this is. To find the right job. Anyway, if you're miserable in your current job, you can use Alfred to find the new one. And Alfred is one of the few pages, if not the only one in the Czech Republic, that has pages. Its pages and interface in English. So you can actually find jobs uh, in English and a lot of multilingual jobs enjoy the show guys
1: on
0: the bunker we have today Johnny Youngblood.
1: Yes. Welcome. thank you thank you thank you wonderful to be here yeah Thanks so for having me
0: you're you're a rapper, but uh, I would say a rapper with a twist. Yeah, you could say that for sure. You've had a corporate career alongside your rapping.
1: Yeah, yeah, over at uh, Honeywell. Um, yeah, doing some admin and some procurement for them. Yeah,
0: yeah. but I, I I just took the liberty of of um, um, checking out your your LinkedIn and and then you you have this kind of a rapper like quote. Um, Time is money and value is in every grain of sand in the hourglass. Let's rock. Yes. Yes. Um
1: this is not a very corporate <laughs> no. No, it's not a it's not one of those uh cookie cutter uh inspirational sayings, but it's uh it's from the heart, you know, and I think um, I think that's a, a lot what's missing in the corporate mm-hmm. environment is is heart, uh, a little bit of uh soul. Yeah. Um so yeah, I kind of bring that along with with my prior knowledge and experience as well, so
0: you've been here in Prague for ten
1: years, yes, right? Yes, that's correct.
0: And the name, just the uh, young blood, Yes, is that your name?
1: Yeah, that that is my government. Oh official yeah that's really cool <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> i mean i guess you realize that at some like when you realize that you, this was such a cool name you just realize oh, okay i have to do something with it i have to be a musician uh, or
1: something. <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of weird how that how i fell into that but um i got a lot of flack actually in elementary school and, and middle school because everybody would say it very strangely like young blood you know and and it kind of made fun of it and then after a while it started to kind of like be cool once it was like in high school so mm. yeah
0: yeah but that's that's how it is everything is silly when we're kids and then it becomes true. cool when we're teenagers yeah, that's true I, I um there was a movie in 88 i think with Rob Love, Lowe Rob Lowe yeah young Bloods. i rem- i remember seeing that movie i, I and patrick swoicy was the bad guy right um, but um, yeah that's another story we would not to talk <laughs> about that so um but it you have yeah you've been here 10 years so mm-hmm. what's your story where 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 did it all start
1: Uh let's see well um like as far as coming here to Prague um it started I'd say around 99 2000 No I mean like Oh like my entire life thing. like the whole story The story of the young of young blood the story of young blood Um all right 78 Portsmouth Virginia um yeah, um where's well, that? That's on the East Coast. That's on the East Coast. Yeah, in uh, Virginia. Uh <clears throat> actually right there on the coast, even like, you know, right by the water. So um yeah, just um growing up in a place called Academy Parks housing projects for um military and uh shipbuilding workers who used to come in and and used to stay there. It was very rudimentary living, you know. huh Yeah
0: was that like you so were you from a big family and a and
1: uh, small small family family of four um you know my mom she's from north carolina dad is from georgia macon georgia and then i have my sister and myself yeah and and were they
0: in this industry this shipbuilding? um
1: my my dad was my dad was in the shipbuilding. my mom was a teacher for a while and then she moved over into nursing afterwards uh-huh. Mhm. But my dad, he was in shipbuilding. He also worked for Procter and Gamble, uh, uh, working in a warehouse. Um and also was uh navy personnel as well. So he was working for the navy. Mhm.
0: Uh-huh. Yep. Were you guys well off or I mean, financially, uh,
1: financially we would say lower middle class, uh-huh. I would say. Um we weren't like we weren't middle class but we weren't like destitute poverty but we were somewhere definitely in between you know we had we had struggles yeah financially um but we didn't always go without sometimes we did sometimes we didn't everything was you know yeah came and go okay
0: yeah and how so this town portsmouth is mm-hmm. a big city or, or? Uh, it's a
1: it's a it's a small town small industrial town it was kind of Built around shipbuilding, so you have a lot of people working in blue collar work working areas, and there's also other industries that was very industrial as well. So um, a lot of blue collar workers, and then it was a lot of lower middle class people like myself, um, and also people who were also like pretty much poverty level as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was kind of, uh, and also I mean it was also some well to do people, but it was a mix, and it was definitely uh, very segregated. Uh, it was a very segregated town back in the uh, back in the I guess the Jim Crow era. Uh, you know, black state with blacks, white state with whites. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then if something came in between, it was uh you know it was it was always something pretty much negative, <laughs> more than likely. Yeah. Uh huh. And how
0: when when you're growing up, what, yeah. what's the situation there? I mean, was it a peaceful
1: town or or? um growing up when i was young it was it was peaceful when i was younger like it was you know i would say okay but slowly but surely you start to see the degradation uh-huh. yeah you know in certain places uh the housing projects for sure was always housing projects which was you know kind of you know crime drugs guns et cetera, et cetera. so the
0: crime rate is high or or
1: yeah for sure Yeah. We just had some water. Yeah, simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, but you made me thirsty. As soon as you picked it up, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's water next to me. I should drink some too." Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so, so I mean, th- this town is 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 a bad town, or, or
1: it was it it's. I would say, I wouldn't say completely bad. I mean, it was it's bad in a way of crime. Yeah, there's a lot of crime. Um, but at the same time, when I was young, I was completely happy and oblivious. if i could say that um but yeah there was definitely a lot of crime a lot of drugs um there was some around me in my neighborhood as well um and then there was you know just yeah all around even in school like high school and stuff like that it was you know a lot of fights a lot of drugs a lot of Mm. you know yeah
0: and how were you as a kid well behaved
1: Mm, let's see when i was younger kind of yeah <laughs> um but then as i got older yeah then i started kind of falling into you know i wouldn't say gangs but you know we had our neighborhood friends um that were identified by the neighborhood they're not necessarily a gang uh, per se but you know you you grew up you were basically uh, a product of your environment mm. you know so you hung around the people that you lived around mm um so you got into the stuff that they were doing so you know if it was into drugs or you know crime or something like that like my friends we weren't really into crime so much but um we definitely had our fun you know we um you know we had parties we you know messed around with the police you know kind of like tried to trick them into coming and and (laughs) we would call the we basically call the police on ourselves And then they would come out and, of course, they they would think, you know, something's going on and they would come in and then they would, like, come and talk to us. And, of course, we're not doing anything, but it was a way to try to get our negotiation skills, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, in case we ever got stopped by the police or harassed or whatever. Because there was a lot of police harassment, too. So, you could be doing something completely innocent and the cops would just come and we'll just, you know, fuck with you. So, Uh yeah.
0: And how did you do in school? You were good?
1: uh let's see yeah high school was tough uh elementary school was okay junior high school was all right high school got kind of kind of gnarly so um yeah high school was was tough for me Mm. um one because i had you know attention span issues so i couldn't even sit down in class long enough to even like you know really learn or i would just be completely bored by like english for for instance like you know i was actually quite good in English. Mm. You know, I knew how to read well, write well, et cetera, et cetera. Therefore, I became bored. So then I would never go. I would just go, you know, over to the other lunch periods and, you know, either, you know, start like a, a rap cipher or, you know, talk to the girls or whatever, you know. But, yeah, English was not my priority. Mm. Um, you know, a couple other classes were done like that too. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you know, but I did have my favorite subjects as well that I did well in, you know, science mathematics was pretty decent um but as far as like english yeah english was not i wasn't it wasn't that i wasn't good it's just that i didn't try i didn't mm. i didn't put forth the effort because mm. i didn't i was bored you know the subject matter just didn't strike me as something mm. as i wanted to do so yeah i you know skipped school you know did did typical unruly teenager things uh, basically
0: yeah uh, and and um uh, <laughs> But you, you told me I think that you you started already at nine mm-hmm. writing
1: rhymes and, and poet yes poetry right yes that's true uh, so like in a, when I was nine years old um, I went to a psychiatrist because I also had some previous trauma uh, medically and sexually um, that I had to deal with and try to uh, try to work through so I had a psychiatrist at that time um, so I think. She somehow inspired me because I liked her so much. I forgot her name, but she was such an awesome psychiatrist. Uh, I wrote some poetry. Uh, It wasn't like any love poetry or anything, but it was kind of like describing how I felt according to colors. So I took colors and applied them to how I was feeling at that time. And ever since then, I was like, wow, this is actually a very powerful tool to help me get through some of the some of the trauma and some of the um, maybe anger issues that I might have had or sadness or something like this so um, poetry was definitely a, an outlet for me therapeutically absolutely.
0: but this is at a very young age, right? Yeah yeah quite a- and and w- so what 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 was these things that had happened to you?
1: Oh uh, yeah so I was born with a birth defect mm. um, so what it was is that I couldn't pee at all so the urine would back up into my kidneys and it would start to um, start to break them down a little bit mm. um the doctors went in they tried to fix it they botched it um thank you maryview um <laughs> they botched it um they um went in with adult tools mm. um they then caused uh, me to constantly leak at this point i didn't have any Muscles to control and contract the, uh, urine, I guess the, yeah. yeah, the urine to stop it from going. So it constantly dripped. Um, so that became an issue and it became a series of recorrections and, 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 um, one doctor, uh, just said, you know what, we're just going to go and reroute your whole urinary system. You're going to now use a catheter and we're going to build a conduit into your abdomen, a small hole using your appendix. And then you're going to take this catheter and you're going to put it in there and it's going to go into your bladder and then you're going to pee like that for the rest of your life. Mm. So I was like, okay. Well, first they gave me a choice of whether or not I want to do it through my penis or if I want to go through this conduit that's in my abdomen. And I've had the whole penis catheter thing before. It was very unpleasant. So I decided to go with the abdomen uh, which was actually a really big decision for me to make. At, at actually, that was at seven years old when I made this decision. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a very big one that I had to make. But it was mine on my own. My parents couldn't make it for me. I couldn't. You know, it was all on me. So I had to set the rest of my life basically at the age of seven of what I'm going to be dealing with. So uh, it was pretty pretty heavy at the time, but I went with that. Um, and so far, this is. Just, I mean, this has been life for me, really. Yeah,
0: A- And and, uh, and I guess this was difficult for you um, in terms of socially and, and school and oh, other kids and stuff.
1: Yeah. When it came to like, you know, dressing out in, in gym class and you yeah. have to go and change clothes. Um, yeah, I would never change clothes. Mm. So I would fail gym purposely because I didn't want to change clothes in front of the other students and have to expose all this. Equipment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All this, you know, these holes and these scars and and all these things. So. You know, or if I really had to like dress out, <clears throat> or you know, or else so I would be suspended. I would go and I would go into one of the bathroom stalls and dress out. But mm. most of the time, I would just not dress out, and the teachers always wanted to ask me why, and I really wasn't apt to tell them. You know, so it was just kind of like, you know, this guy never dresses up. You know, he doesn't care. You know, and then like, then there was a couple of times where I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be brave. I'm gonna do this. Mm. and then comes the the jokes the humiliation the mm. yeah so that kind of let me know that no dressing out not dressing out is the way to go mm. <laughs> so yeah
0: and and uh, this
1: was bullying basically. essentially yes yeah.
0: mm-hmm. and th- did that follow you for for a long time for or? for a while yeah for a while
1: um there was just uh, certain things that were going on in school at the time. Like, there was a race riot at my school. Uh, the whites were fighting the blacks. The blacks were fighting the whites. Um, I, had a fr- I had a white best friend um, where he was, you know, he was being attacked. He was getting beat up. And I, I stood up for him. You know, we went we started to fight together. And, uh, you know, I, I tried to get him off of him and stuff. So I kind of had to wear that badge of being, you know, on the white side or being more white than they were. And then, you know, then came the bullying after that too. Mm. Um, um, you know, so I got jumped, I got beat up, you know, mm. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I had, it had a one neighborhood and they used to, uh, pretty big neighborhood. So they had like, you know, I don't know, like 20, 30 kids. <clears throat> anyway, some of those kids would walk through my neighborhood. This is when I was like, about what, 16. So not necessarily kids, but teenagers. Mm. Um, but yeah, they would be walking, you know, up and down my street. And if they saw me, you know, it was time to fight. Like it was on site. Let's go, you know, always starting some trouble. You know, I got jumped at the, uh, at the public library around the corner from my house. You know, they came over there and they, they, they knew what they wanted. They started something. I started to fight back and then, you know, his boys came in, helped them out. And they all stomped me out and stuff. And then I came back, try to, you know. Was like, okay, let's go out and do this one on one. Of course, they never wanted to do that. Um, so yeah, just dealing with a lot of the, the bullying and some of the tough neighborhoods around, you but, know. Uh,
0: and what about your parents in, in this? I mean, what they knew about these issues, obviously.
1: I mean, they knew about
0: your medical condition, but did, did they know about the the bullying?
1: They, they knew about it, but I didn't tell them like everything, you know. I didn't because I felt like you know, at, at this point. I should be man enough to be able to, you know, to go ahead and and, mm-hmm. and deal with some of these issues myself. So I didn't want to involve necessarily my mom, but she knew that I skipped school at one point for months. Um, <laughs> I think it was like for like two straight months. I just did not go to school at all, and um, you know, one time I got caught. My uh, my mom's friend uh, saw me walking across. Not going to school, walking to Seven Eleven somewhere, and told my mom, and then you know me and my friend we got caught. So uh, then I had to go back to school. Got jumped the same day I came back. <laughs> so, they were definitely like, "Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, let's uh, let's go talk to them," mm. and uh, got stomped out again. So but, yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, how how about the the teachers and 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 the school system? Uh,
1: that's just kind of like pointless because it's like they can do whatever they can in school, but when it's out of school, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like their hands are kind of washed on that. They can't really do much. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you handle it in school, then, you know, you're going to see it a lot more out of school. They knew Mm -hmm. where I lived. So, you know, it was, it was no problem for them to get get their hands on me basically. So, you know, I had to, I had to fight through a couple of things, you know? Mm.
0: Yeah but you never crossed your mind to to give up somehow i mean like
1: no you uh, know i i kept going to the same school i mean after a while we moved you know we we left portsmouth and moved to virginia beach mm-hmm. i think that helped because once i moved to virginia beach my grades just shot up like it was just a completely different environment mm-hmm. you know virginia beach was a uh, i don't know it seemed like moving from i don't know if you ever seen the movie lean on me yeah okay so like moving from lean on me to like 90210 uh uh-huh. in a way so when I moved there well, at least that's what it felt like it probably isn't like that but it, yeah. that's what it felt like to me at the time so when I came there it was a completely different environment it was I felt free to be able to learn mm. uh there was a big music scene there which I was a part of as well um it was a, a, living in Virginia Beach was great yeah in comparison like Portsmouth, Portsmouth always will have a part in my heart because it's like, um, you know, that's just, that's your your training grounds right there. Yeah, you know, so you know, and plus I have a lot of good friends and most of my family. I mean, I have uncles and cousins and stuff that live there, and then in Virginia Beach was just you know it's great. Mm. You know, the my grades were were wonderful. The teachers were more I think um, enthusiastic to help mm. um, to get you where you need to be um lunches of course were were better um for the first year i would say when i went to virginia beach was great oh yeah first two years i think uh high school that i started kind of uh getting too much more into the music scene and was partying a little too much and having a too much of a good time Mm. by that time i was already going to high school like half the day you know only had like three classes left and then after that i was graduating so it was kind of like yeah i can do whatever
0: yeah but you men you mentioned earlier also some some uh, some trauma related to, to some sexual issues
1: yeah um was that in in virginia Beach or or that was in i was in i was living in portsmouth but i was in north carolina to visit my grandmother and it was a family member uh who did it um so it's like you know, a lot of times, a lot of times it is your family members that mm. actually kind of mm. kind of make the moves on you. So it's uh, it's some more. Of, I don't know, like being careful even around your family. You can't trust everybody. He was actually supposed to be in charge of me at that time because he was an older teenager. I was seven years old, mm. so he was supposed to be looking after me. Um, and this was right after I had like my, my major surgery where they completely like integrated my whole urinary system so like a few months after that <laughs> you know then comes you know the penis you know so it's like okay um so it was uh it was kind of tough dealing with that afterwards uh for years kind of like I, I didn't say anything didn't tell anybody so or he, he was uh how old he was about 18 19 i think at the time mm-hmm. yeah and he raped you or or uh no it was it was weird he didn't rape me per se like violently like hold me down and then like you know take my shit it was more like yeah, but you're a kid so yeah, yeah, yeah i'm a kid yeah, yeah. so it was like kind of like you kind of do whatever what the, you're told yeah whatever you're told to do yeah. so you know so i mean it did occur to me to be like okay this isn't right this doesn't feel right mm. um but to to be completely honest there was a slight bit of intrigue as well Um, Yeah, yeah,
0: because you you don't know what this
1: is, right? Exactly, you you don't know what it is, you don't know what's kind of happening, but you're kind of like okay, you know, you get to, you get to, you're at the perfect age where you're curious. At the same time, you kind of know what's right and wrong, but at the same time, you know, your curiosity is a bit stronger. Mm. Um, so that he kind of took advantage of that. I think being an older person, he Mm. should know. Um, so yeah, he kind of did take advantage of that. Um, Did
0: you? Tell some. Or, I mean, what happened Eventually. then? At that, uh, not, nothing happened back then on it? Or, or
1: No, not until I was, I think, like, what, seven years later? Mm. Yeah, I was like 14, and then it was funny because there was a ABC after-school special. So back in the States, uh, there's this uh, thing that comes on around 3 or 4 o'clock, you know, usually around when kids are kind of coming out of school, and it's kind of like this program, the stories, where the child has some sort of conflict, resolution kind of like uh from a kid's perspective in a way so this whole thing of like being sexually abused came up on there so um my mom started to talk about it because it happened to her Mm. and then when she talked about it she was on topic then I was like well you know since we're on the topic you know this happened with this person and um you know, she was kind of, you know, she was shocked because, you know, she had no idea that this happened, like, even that I kept it to myself for this long. And then, you know, she went to coach, called, you know, his parents, and then, you know, then apparently he had been doing that to other children, like, no problem, like, that was just, you know, that was his M.O., and he he then also had to go through some sort of therapy, and he also did, um, he had gotten in some trouble with it, so... um he was also dealing with his issues because it happened to him, mm-hmm. so it just kind of like passed on and on and on, kind of. So,
0: and and uh, at that time, you, I, I guess that's one of the reasons why you went to therapy as well. Or, Absolutely, or, yeah. And uh, I mm-hmm. mean, it's pretty big to deal with for a for a kid these things. Yeah, for
1: sure. Like it was, um, it was it was just a lot, lot weighing on me. You know, it was just a lot of lot of yes. Kinda like turmoil and just kind of sit no, on my chest no, yeah. No. Uh, yeah yeah listen i write this guided in principles given i think the universe above me for keeping me right as i'm grateful i'm still living window sills given light of day where it seems like a do
0: you use the, the raft or the poetry in a way as 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 a healing Or, uh, let's say, a way to get things off your chest, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say the rapping and the performance, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if in my life performances. uh, When did that
0: start? I mean, around what age does it become more than just doing it in your room
1: kind of for yourself? Actually, somehow, kind of recently. Like, I was, well, okay, I was 18 when I started writing, like, raps. Like, really just, like, rapping um, I was living in Virginia Beach. I was getting with this, uh, with this crew uh, that was local uh, called You Know the Crew. Mm. Uh, shouts out to them. You know the crew out in Virginia Beach. Um, now we're kind of like everywhere now. Uh, but, yeah, we, I started uh, recording with them. I did a few recordings. And uh, we kept in touch, and we're still, you know, friends and colleagues to this day. So everything I do is still, still, you know, the crew. After all these years, probably like twenty or so more years. Um, so I got with them. I didn't do anything major. I didn't put anything out. I was just writing and writing and writing for a while. Mm. Uh, I moved from from there, from Virginia Beach on up to up north to Washington D.C., Northern Virginia area. Uh, still, still writing still not doing any recording until I got with a punk rock band uh, called um, Chicken Master and that's I did it's a great thing <laughs> freaking awesome and they were like they were so talented these dudes were so talented man yeah. like yeah they were great. um their their music was, was spectacular so that's why I rocked with them for sure. Um, so yeah I did a couple of raps with them on on a lot of uh on their pop um not pop but their uh punk uh songs and sounded really good together um you know and then uh we didn't do much after that i think it was just kind of like a special appearance two songs but we kept in contact mm-hmm. um they are still doing great things down there in uh over in maryland mm. um but that none but this um with, with the just a little bit
0: curious about the, the rapping. I mean, did you have, have some idols or something?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, many, many idols. Mm. Um, I would say Buster Rhymes would be one. Uh, Feral Monch would be another mm. LP from, um, running the jewels is another ASAP, uh, ASAP rock, not ASAP Rocky, but ASAP rock mm. is another, um, I would say, uh, common could be another one um few others uh the rhymes is kind of the big biggest name of one of words. the biggest names oh. yeah i would say
0: and i saw it somewhere that people actually compared your style to to his yeah and
1: and yeah quite as far as the <clears throat> as far as the intensity i think uh especially when i do my live shows yeah they, it, uh-huh. it gets kind of yeah get kind of wild yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> and uh, t- talking about rappers actually i saw you're not the only rapper out of portsmouth missy Elliott is also from portsmouth
1: that is correct yep missy Elliott is also from portsmouth uh we actually her family and some of my family actually know each other and uh-huh. went to school together okay yeah uh she also went to woodrow wilson high school which is the same high school i went to as well
0: uh-huh. mm-hmm. and she's uh i mean like the biggest Legend. star yeah yeah Legend. from, from, <laughs> yeah, from oh. portsmouth for sure so, so during this time, I mean, I guess, I don't know, after high school, you start working or, or what's the kind of the
1: trajectory uh, there? Let's see. After high school, I moved uh, to Washington, D.C. Mm. Um, I lived up there with my sister and um, started working for Starbucks. I uh, was working at 14th and G um, down are in D.C., downtown. Um, that was pretty cool experience. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was uh, fun. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of different people because I came from kind of a, almost like a homogenous sort of segregated area, you know, not a whole lot of variants there, not a whole lot of people from foreign countries. And then, you know, the world just opens up when you go right. to, you know, you live in Washington, DC. So, mm-hmm. um, that was, that was, that was fantastic. I, I think I felt more comfortable like in a more of a international environment. Uh-huh. uh than anything so i felt even more at home yeah there yeah uh washington dc was a it was a good time
0: so there you kind of had had a job plus you were rapping to music on the side
1: right, right. Mm-hmm. yeah i was doing music on the side i had my cousin pikey uh we were both uh rapping at the you know at different places um mostly open mics around dc uh, a couple that was on u street i remember uh, State of the Union was one um, that used to be there and now it's now it's a legend legendary place but it's no longer there mm. um but yeah we uh we definitely uh you know did some some cool stuff on some stages out there yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. and uh and at this time I mean are you are you planning on any specific career I mean or is it just you gonna you you <laughs> I don't know you. You were gonna be a businessman or a rapper or an <laughs> employee or I mean, what
1: what was the? um Well, I think what it is is that with rap, I don't want to be famous. I just want to be respected. Mm. Uh, essentially, I I want to be respected for my craft. I think being famous is very very overrated. There's so much sacrifice mm. that, that I'm not willing to make for fame. That's pretty much it. You know, mm. I, I see. Some of the rappers now and the things that they have to go through, um, in order to, to have that hit or like, to, like like what, like um, I would say you know some of those secret society, sort of Hollywoody things that uh that kind of go behind some of the success of people, um you know a lot of uh a lot of sex, selling their souls, selling their souls yeah a lot of a lot of uh the sex parties and things like that, uh, in order to kind of get your name around to have opportunities, I don't think that's the sacrifice I'm willing to make. Uh-huh. Um also I think I just if if I can just on my own, just be independent, do my thing, have my have my fans. You know, I don't have to have like this worldwide appeal or anything like that. But as long as I have my cult following, I'm happy. Mm. I'm happy. So I have my nice little expat community here. Mm. They like what I do. I keep doing it for them mm. and I'm a happy camper. So uh,
0: but but back in the states you you were already kind of you, you you already knew that you would not necessarily be only a musician. You that you would do all the things, things as well.
1: Well, yeah, cuz it's it's kind of like you have to have a plan B. Mm. Um I think at the time when I started rapping I knew that I wouldn't only just be rapping, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's a, it's a long shot, you know, uh, to actually be famous. Everyone thinks they're going to be, you know, they're going to write their first couple songs and they're going to be, you know, they're just going to explode, right? Uh, and it's always based off of skills, right? Like, that's, that's the myth, mm. okay? That's not how it works. You know, you could be a skillful rapper. You can be, you can use all the awesome words you want. You can say the most intricate rhymes you could say. You can come up with these brilliant concepts and still be really relatively unknown, mm. you know? So it doesn't matter about skill and it doesn't, it really is more about what you're willing to sacrifice and who, you know,
0: yeah. Being in the right place at the right time and all right, that. So more exactly. of a chance or luck than, than maybe skills
1: in the end. Right. That's true. Mm. I think at the time when I started rapping back in 98, I think, Virginia wasn't really well-known for producing rappers and stuff like that, right? Um, We really, like, Missy had just came out. Like, just came out. Like, I think she was on her way out. Timberland, also the same. Because Timberland's also from Virginia Beach. Pharrell, the same. Pharrell, um, he came out a little bit later, like around 2000. And really we weren't known for having like a whole bunch of superstars mm. and rappers mm. and stuff. So it was going to be a long shot for me anyway. Mm. Um, but I think if I had the same, I would say the same fervor about hip hop back then, because that was when hip hop to me was good. Um, Now hip hop is kind of like all over the place. There, it's It's good. It's bad. It's a lot um it's easy to get into um Mm. uh it's super accessible now um you can have anybody rapping now so it's it's kind of like not as special it's not as niche it's not as you don't really need talent anymore Mm. you Mm. just need to have a look you need to have a style and you need to have
0: a great mixer (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's for sure you're gonna have a great mixer a great producer someone who knows how to edit their ass off yeah yeah but Uh. that's what
0: i feel about i I agree with you i feel a lot of a lot of the r&b music and and hip-hop music has gone into being very produced oh yeah absolutely uh, it kind of takes away the charm in in some way
1: Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely and the same happens in any music style i mean the, the more you you produce it the the yeah, the less authentic it, it is right. actually. Yeah, but you you told me that you had some issues also. You had a you had a job at uh, Toy- mm-hmm. Toyota, I think. Yeah.
1: Was that in Washington or? or uh, that was in Northern Virginia, in Manassas, Virginia. Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that after Washington or, or you? Co- that was after Washington. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you moved there.
1: Yeah, I did. I moved. So I moved to Manassas after, um, after mm-hmm. I lived in D.C. for a while. So yeah, yeah, yeah we moved back down south a little bit Uh so yeah so yeah so living in manassas for a bit um actually that's how manassas is what started my story here to prague yeah that's that's like uh the beginning right there was in manassas
0: and you you you, what did you do there in manassas what what was the
1: uh see well i met my wife in Uh manassas okay yeah she was an au pair um coming from prague and she was uh she was living there for about a year um and I was working for Starbucks at the time in Manassas and she came by and she was uh ordering her nice little green tea every day. Uh-huh. Or almost every day.
0: And she liked the Barista? Uh,
1: the Barista liked her. Uh-huh. I think to start. And then I kind of grew on her. After a while. Yeah, I grew on her. So we were like really good friends when, when she was, you know, in town. We weren't like romantic at that time. Mm-hmm uh we were uh with a group of of people that i worked with in starbucks and then she also had a friend who was also an au pair uh who was with her when she comes to visit star so
0: she's she's checked right yeah she's yeah. checked mm-hmm. yep and and uh and and this is what some
1: 11 years ago or, or yeah this is back in 2000 yeah yep. more, yeah, yeah more yeah more actually yeah uh-huh. yeah so it was
0: 2021 now yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a while. <laughs> yeah. It's a while, yeah. It's a while,
0: yeah. And uh and, and and what happens next?
1: Uh let's see. So she moves back to the Czech Republic. Mm. Um we keep in contact via email uh for a while. So, um so like from 2000 to 2003, she comes back to visit. Mm. Um then we decide that we're actually very compatible romantically as well. So we um you 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 say we decide was that
0: like a, was there a proper meeting at a table and
1: <laughs> it kind of yeah like uh, well not necessarily a proper meeting but we we met we we only had like maybe 2 days together uh-huh um so we we were walking up and down Georgetown we were in Washington DC and we were just kind of walking together talking getting to know each other i think her english had gotten a lot better by that time mm. um and Uh, we had our first kiss in Georgetown underneath a bridge. Um, it was great. Uh, we wanted to keep going. She had to leave, of course, come back here. Mm. Um, then we kept in further contact. uh, On on email. Yep. On email (laughs) for the next, next seven years. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) The next seven years. Yeah. And, and and during that time
0: you you you're just doing jobs and I'm she's working
1: doing, here and, and yeah she's she's working here she's having relationships as well I'm having my relationships and uh she's she's working I'm working she takes off to go to Brazil for a year uh-huh. um you know she's doing a work study program there um I'm still I'm working for Toyota I'm grinding it out you know. Um, and you liked that job you told me that you loved that job at Toyota. Toyota was great Toyota was like my favorite job Miller no. Toyota my favorite job uh, because uh, the the people there were mm. awesome like you know were, were great mm. uh, always remember them um, yeah so uh, then I got let go I did something stupid I knew that there was drug policy there I, like I knew because they have to keep everybody safe uh, so if like if something happens, so basically what happened was like there was a break part that fell off the counter, hit me in my toe. I had to go see the doctor or I had to go to the to the hospital. So if it's an occupational work hazard, you have to get tested to make sure that it's. That, that you're not done to the influence. It's not your fault. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they had to prove that. I failed. I was on probation. Uh which was cool, they didn't fire me on the spot. They were like, okay, we're gonna give you some chances here. And then I had my friends over, my roommate was also an employee of Miller Toyota. My friends came over, of course we, we had some, they had some influence on what I was going to do with my lungs, uh, so uh, we rolled something up, we smoked it, and then my roommate didn't like it, uh, said something at the workplace, kind of caught wind, of what was going on. It was like, okay, we got to pop them. Let's, let's take them in. They popped me. I thought I was smart. So I went, so what I did was, this is going to be like really crazy. This story. So I knew I was getting popped. I was like, okay, I had some pee that was stored just in case of this situation. I had some pee in the refrigerator. I was like, okay, I'm going to inject this pee into my bladder because I, I have the catheter, right? So I can go, I can take this pee. I can inject it in my bladder and this will be i will be fine mm-hmm. i will go in there and i'll so be, fake
0: the urine sample i
1: will fake the urine sample
0: but in a very advanced way most people that are faking urine sample, yeah. they just have their friends urine yeah in a glass in a glass and then you do would, it you you take it all the way
1: yeah like i'm like if someone was standing right there next to me they'd be like okay he's peeing yeah and you know everything is fine um
0: it's probably the only time in your life where you were happy about that uh, <laughs> kidney thing.
1: Actually, it's several other times too, because there was okay. times where I had to like pee in public, and I'm like, "Well, it's not going to be in decent exposure, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you yeah, you,
0: you show up for the
1: so I show up for the for the thing. Oh. Yeah, I, I come up positive anyway. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like just in the system. Was in the system, so uh, you know I failed. So they had to let me go. Uh, My manager he and I were, like, in this room, and he had to let me go. He had to give me the story. And, you know, and then we both shed some tears because, you know, he was great. He was, uh, you know, very influential on me, even musically. Mm. Um, even to this day, like, the things that we were listening to, uh, we were checking in all the parts and stuff in the morning. Um, I still listen to today. Like, he put me on to Frank Zappa. He put me on to uh oh, so many others It just mm. just like he really influenced my opened, my, opened the horizon oh like my gosh, yeah. it was just it was amazing like all this music that he was and i was like what is this music that you're yeah. playing like this is like it's 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 so strange but it's like the exact genre of music so it was just like this rock jazz fusion yeah. that i was just super digging so i'm like totally into it now he was playing yes and and all these different bands. It's and It's kind of like
0: when that. my girlfriend sits in a car with me for two, three hours It's says, well, what is this, what is this, what is this, you know? Because, yeah. But yeah, because I'm older than her, so she, she gets this music from me that she wouldn't get from her environment. I guess it was the same for you with this guy. That Absolutely, you
1: know. yeah. As a matter of fact, that even led to me even discovering this one, um, I think it was uh, an Icelandic folk band mm. um, that I just got into about two years ago. Um, Monster, and monsters and men. No, it was something Krijit Krijt. It's uh, uh, I don't know how to say the first name, but um, once I find it, I'll, I'll yeah. let you know. Yeah,
0: but, 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 but wait but a little bit. Let's go back a little bit to the sure, sure. To, yeah. So, so, so this um, um, so I guess when you go to that hospital with with that injury from the 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 spear breaking spare part falling on your toe, right. They test you positive for marijuana. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. And and then that's the thing that happens. Was that like a, I don't know, like was smoking marijuana something that you did recreationally or just? Yeah,
1: it was just recreationally. It's basically a self medication. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm still dealing with trauma. So it's you know, and a lot of people are. You know, people who are, are mostly indulging in marijuana are typically self medicating from something. Mm you know, some kind of trauma. It's not just recreational yes, it is recreational, but it's also trying to cope. Mm. Yeah. So I was just it was a coping mechanism for me.
0: And at that time, I guess <laughs> th- there wasn't this medical marijuana use like like what has happened now is that it's right. been legalized all over the place. Yeah. I mean, this you was go before to California that. and you smell marijuana everywhere.
1: Right. Yeah. This wasn't it like like Virginia was st- is still a very conservative state. Yeah. So it still is. Yeah, it still no. is. Yeah, right. um, they're just now kind of like starting to be a little bit more free with the uh, with the marijuana. But um, at the time, no, like you know, laws were completely strict about marijuana. Mm. I got caught with it in Northern Virginia. Um, I had to do what? Ooh, several months of drug. I would say drug. It was like a drug class, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a rehabilitative class, and then there was uh, some. Um, I had to do some some work as well, mm. uh, so community service. So yeah, it's a uh, very strict as far as when it comes to drugs. So, so
0: you could say that you've done time.
1: Essentially, Technically. yes. Technically, yeah. yes. Unleash, ravenous, with haven, but but,
0: uh, but it, it's oh yeah, it's is interesting great. how how marijuana is being demonized or stigmatized in a way because especially after moving here, where where is, is used a lot, mm-hmm. you actually see it in a it it's. Um, um, it actually has a positive effect. There is much less violence here. There is uh, hardly any vandalism. You know, like it, it's it's a completely different vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and if, if if for example where I'm from in Iceland, you know, you you go out on a Friday night, you you're it's weird if you don't see at least five fights. Oh, of course. But if you go out here, I've been here 11 years. I've seen one fight. Yeah. In yeah. 11 years. Right. It's a completely different vibe. I'm not saying that everybody is stoned 24-7 here, but it's just a much more laid-back environment. Yeah, it's
1: way more chill out here, for sure.
0: Um, So I guess this was kind of a shocker to
1: to lose a job that you like. Mm. It was a shocker, definitely uh, emotionally, financially, for sure. Mm. Um, I had to quickly get back on my feet. Um, So I found a job maybe a week or two after that. I got another job working for Horstman Toyota mm. after that. It uh, was not so enjoyable, this experience. Mm. Um, I did get some friends out of it, but um, my uh, manager at the time was uh, quite racist.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, yes, took me up front to make sure that you know everybody knows that there's a black person that is working there. Um, but they didn't take me. I felt like they didn't take me seriously to put me in the back. Where the uh, where the parts were being dealt out to the service uh, technicians, mm-hmm. uh, which I was actually working in the back with the service technicians in Miller Toyota. Yeah, so that you the, were
0: not being used for your expertise, right?
1: Research. Right. Like I had various experiences with um, with in, uh, inventory, with mm. uh, you know, with dealing with the service technicians with driving, with uh, front parts, uh, which is like dealing with the walk-up customers and stuff like that. So um, I felt like I wasn't really taken very seriously. And there was a reason why, because, you know, the manager, every once in a while, he felt like the need to give me one of those racist jokes, like, you know, ah, hey, come on to my office. I got a joke for you. You know, it's like, okay, I got to deal with that shit. Mm. Uh, You know, what I do for a paycheck, right? So you know having to deal with this um but it's very unusual sorry johnny yeah, no, of course that to hear a rapper
0: talk about that he is an expert on spare part logistics and uh yeah. dealing with spare parts it's it's a pretty it's a you contradict yourself in in there are like <laughs> two yeah. sides of johnny
1: you yeah, know completely it's yeah. really
0: really cool actually yeah <laughs> but, uh, so 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 your future wife mm-hmm. at that time yes you're still emailing
1: Yes, I am. At that time I'm still emailing. We're still emailing back and forth.
0: Okay. And and, and when did it become more? When did it because you, you know it's mm-hmm. ten years since you came here to Prague, so mm-hmm. something yeah. evolved, I guess.
1: Yes, it did. Um so we went from emailing each other to Skyping each other. Uh-huh. So as technology kind of evolved, so did we. Second phase, uh, <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everything became more real. Like I haven't seen her in years, and then all of a sudden she's right here on the screen. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty fantastic. Um so we were we were talking. She was in a relationship at the time. I was in a relationship at the time. Um both were kind of long distance. Well, mine was very long distance, hers was long distance.
2: Mm.
1: Um he was living with her at the time and then he moved away. Uh mine uh was also an all pair from Australia at the time. Um she moved back and then we try to continue our relationship from there and we would go years without talking to each other so i was with her for like four years and i think i've seen her like maybe a year and a half out of those four years Mm -hmm. so we're trying to carry on this relationship and it's not really working so we're consoling each other on each other's relationships and then we ended up kind of like being in a relationship (laughs)
0: and 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 she moved to the states, or you you just decided to come here then or or?
1: uh she came to visit so she came to visit me for 10 days Mm -hmm. um we you know went around and you know visited different places we spent time with each other it was great um then I came up here for 10 days uh checked it out was really cool um visiting I really liked it it was like around this time of year actually even um it was like like freshly after Christmas time uh it was cold it was snowy super cold actually it was it's never been that cold since then yeah. It was like minus 20. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it hasn't been like that since, strangely enough, you know. They were trying to put you off. Yeah, maybe it was like, you know what? This guy's coming over. Let's 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 put on a show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's freeze him out. So um it didn't. I I liked it. It was great. Mm. Um, had a good time. Really liked it. Sp- uh, spent a lot of time with each other. It was it was wonderful. Mm. Um, I came back. We had to decide, okay, we want this. This is, this is us this is for us mm. where are we gonna live so I was like okay well let's go and make this list of pros and cons uh let's see you know it was all pretty much equal in some, in some ways this was of course pre pre-empire of the u.S falling so everything was still kind of hunky-dory in the states for a while <laughs> kind of oh mm, mm. um, so the pros and cons were about equal um then I was like you know what okay um, I'm gonna flip a coin. Uh huh. So heads, we live in the states. Tails, we live in Prague. Landed on tails. Uh huh. About four or five months after that, I packed my stuff and came on out here. Okay. Yep. And
0: uh, you got a job, or or right away, or how how was that settling in here?
1: Mm. So I came during the summertime. It was about two. Two months, I was kind of like, like just in, yeah. settling in, visiting the city, going around, kind of finding my way around. Uh, got a job at the hostel. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a Plus Prague hostel. Uh, started working there. I worked there for the rest of the summer. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, it was a bar, a lot of drinking, I think. Probably a little, like, too much drinking for me. I'm not really a drinker. Um, but I did drink a little bit. Um otherwise it was pretty cool. I mean it was a good it was a good way to start. It was mm-hmm. some money. Mm-hmm. Um then I uh got a job once we got married, then I got a job um working for A B InBev for about uh six months or so, maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Um didn't like that so much. Wasn't wasn't really A B M Bev, I wasn't for them and they weren't for me. So we amicably Split, split. Yep. And then um, soon after that, I got a job with Honeywell, and the job with Honeywell lasted for quite a while, about eight years, eight or nine years. And what, what,
0: like, um, let's say, what, when did you get into the rap scene? Here, was that immediately when you came? Did you go and seek it out? And and uh, almost immediately, almost
1: huh? uh, within the first, I'd say, four or five months. Okay. Um, a person that I knew that I was working with, uh, Jean Luca, uh, he was, uh, at the time making an album. Mm-hmm. Um, he was working with a guy named an ironic who was, uh, kind of popular here at one point. Um, so somehow I got on his album, uh, just doing the intro and doing that. I got to meet an ironic. We got together he heard some of my freestyles and stuff and he was pretty impressed uh so i started working with him so he started uh he went and got a studio and we started working at a studio we called it slick house slick house studios um myself uh iron cap was there uh sea bugs c was there um also there was a It was quite a few others. Tuko, mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. just there was just a big crew of just like And musicians. is this a
0: big scene here in general? I mean the rap scene in, in the Czech Republic. I mean, is it the big
1: scene? Uh for Czechs, yes. Uh Czechs is it's a pretty pretty big scene, I think. Uh, it's quite a quite a few uh well known rappers out of here. Um uh, as far as the expat community, it's a whole different scene. Mm-hmm. Um that has since has dwindled. Uh there's not many exp expat rappers here like they were before um i think i'm probably one of the few left who are actually actively rapping uh for the expat community now and uh,
0: and how is that scene here i mean like what is there a, a, i don't know do they have their own style like the local mm-hmm. rap scene i mean do, is there do they have their own style or, or
1: yeah the Czech scene yeah they have they definitely have their own style um they definitely i would say um it's changed. is is kind of like evolved since I've been here. Mm. Um, it was definitely a little bit more more boom bap. Um, the style was a little bit more kind of old school, which was fine with me because that's that's where my genre is. That's where that's where I feel comfortable. Um, and then slowly evolved. Once music evolved and rap in general evolved, it kind of evolved with it. So now it's a little bit more can be more emo, can be more. I guess it was. What they would call it's, a, it's an old term but mumble rap is not really mumble rap anymore it's just I don't know just just more contemporary rap mm. more modern rap Um, is kind of evolved more into that now mm. uh, so you have a lot more different rappers and then you have like some of the older rappers trying to do the newer style mm. uh, but everybody's trying to move into this wave so anytime there's a new wave you know the checks are kind of like jumping on, right. on that wave and then doing it the Czech style mm-hmm. on that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because it's interesting with, uh, um, if you listen to Czech rock music, for example, it uh, it feels, a lot of it, very stagnated. Like, it feels like it's, Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah it's like seen. they heard it in 89 or yeah, 90. Yeah, like, like not, Kabat. And, yeah. And then nothing these guys, has, yeah, and nothing's, nothing's changed. Really changed. Right. So it's different in the rap scene. It's more dynamic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I would say so. Uh, but, uh, I'm just curious, I mean, now you've been here 10 years in Prague, and then uh, obviously you lived uh, a lot more years in the States and different places and so on. I mean, what is it that you miss from the U.S., if anything?
1: Mm. Uh, Other than family and friends, I would say maybe sometimes the food. The food is actually pretty good. I miss some of the places, like just it's more nostalgia than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I miss going to Chick Fil A. You know, the, the smell of the Chick Fil A, the or the uh, the 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 feeling of of Christmas, and you see all the houses with all the lights and people going completely overboard. Uh, I miss. Um, I miss some of the traditions, watching football on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I miss. Uh, you know, going, kind of going out with my friends uh, for Halloween, um, you know, those sort of things, it's yeah. kind of more, more of a nostalgia based. Uh, uh, but I would say like as far as, uh, you know, the things that I may not miss, you know, it's like the commercialism, uh, you know, looking back at it, like, you know, people were just buying things just, just to acquire them and keep them and completely clutter their house with them. Yeah, and, and, and for me, I've learned living here that, you know, less is more yeah less is less is less stress you know and, um, and
0: you like the lifestyle here more or, or
1: i like i like my lifestyle here more than i would say the lifestyle like like more things have more of a purpose mm-hmm. here than frivolously spending and doing things that were more cosmetic in the states
0: but so why so. do you think this is like if if we look at i mean i i yeah i checked these uh, just the uh, the murder rate for example if i take Portsmouth mm-hmm. where you where you're born mm-hmm. uh, it has almost 18 murders per 100,000 inhabitants and it happens to be 100,000 inhabitants and <laughs> <Right, yeah. laughs> uh, and then if then i check just you know um, the Czech republic has 0. 0.6 murders per 100,000 inhabitants right. and and a lot of the americans uh, that i've met and that i know that live here in prague they they say, "Oh, here I'm actually free." You know, mm-hmm. here is actually real freedom in 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 Prague versus the land of the free, which is the U.S. Right? Why? Why? How can a small community like Portsmouth, with hundred thousand people, I mean, if you kill eighteen people a year, you you end up killing someone that you know, or you know someone that knows them.
1: And actually, probably most of the murders are like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, actually, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's true. So
0: it's kind of. <laughs> proves that point but uh, yeah. but what's the what happens you know what what do you think is is the cause of this and the cause of it is uh, we, we don't have seven hours but
1: uh. right of course <laughs> I, I mean i can i can definitely tell you directly what it is it's like you know you you put people in a trap mm. you know you 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 in, you entrap them you 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 basically have poverty mm-hmm. you know you have these housing projects where you're of course you're a product of your environment your environment is very very poor Mm. um you're doing everything you can to survive you got to feed your children what are you going to do you can't you know jobs are like not going to you're not going to really find any good jobs to be able to make the money and if you do find a job it's not going to be enough Mm. you know these these a lot of these jobs are not meant to be You know, to pay your rent and pay for your food and pay for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of these jobs in the States and that's like across, you know, America, you know, these uh, a lot of these jobs are not designed to To make a living, to make a living. Mm -hmm. You know, so what do you do? You know, you you have to eat. You have children. you, Mm -hmm. You must survive. So a lot of times there's, you know, drugs are very accessible, very easy to sell. And when you're in the, in, in, in the drug game, then, yeah, you're, there's going to be violence that follows mm. because you're messing with people's money, you're pe- messing with people's livelihoods, and, you know, people get shot and killed over these sort of things, mm. you know. Plus, you know, you, you have guns on the street. Mm. You have liquor stores on every corner. You have the ingredients mm. to make this, you know, to, to, to yeah. foster you know, this, this environment. Um, so you put the ingredients together, you're going to make a cake, you know? So it's, uh, um, it's, it's easy to, f- you know, to see why the murder rate is so high mm-hmm. when they put things in place, you know, for those things to happen.
0: But it's interesting now, like just had the election and a new president in, in the U S and, and, uh, and obviously the previous one wasn't, Popular and uh, very controversial mm. personality, but um, I, f- I feel like in in some way what you're describing there is that this is not a consequence of one or two terms of presidents. You know, this is oh, a no. systemic, uh, systematic issue yeah, this of is the s- society. And when when you talk to uh, when I go to the states, what I what I always noticed—I remember the first time I went there—I was quite old back. I was probably like 25 when I went to the States for the first time, and and I remember I, I thought like everybody's talking about money. The whole thing evolves around money, right. And and um, so it seems to be me that the value system is a completely different value mm-hmm. system than what we have here, and and uh, everything is somehow measured in in money or wealth or, or yeah, like you're saying, buying things and, mm-hmm. and something like that, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah i'm I'm just curious to it's just so alien to me coming from a small community myself in Iceland with three hundred and fifty thousand people right um that you could have in a small town because okay, I can understand that in a big city where there there are millions of people you mm. don't have these contacts and you you know but but in yeah I, w- I was very surprised when I saw this I have to mm-hmm. say absolutely
1: um yeah it's uh yeah it's definitely a reality for us. Mm. You know, and uh, poverty, the lack of money, plus the dangling of the carrot of, of the American dream. Mm. Um, the, um, I would say, when you work so hard uh, doing the jobs and, you, and it doesn't equal out. Like, you work hard, you don't get paid enough. Mm. Money is always going to be an issue. Yeah. yeah, so it's, and this becomes the cycle this becomes an yeah, issue. you get the loans also, and then you pay interest. And yeah, absolutely. It's a trap. Yeah, it's a complete trap. Mm. <laughs>
0: um, but, um, so, you come here as, a, um, yeah, you come here for love. I mean, that's no secret, but, uh, you have a professional career, and you're working in procurement in Honeywell, but you're a rapper on the side. I mean, how does that kind of um, coexist? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's, I, I, I have a, I have this partner in my business that that um plays guitar in a metal band mm-hmm. and uh, when people see him they would never think that he plays guitar and metal but when right. I look at you I would never think oh this is a rapper you know like it, <laughs> yeah. it's um you don't have that sticker on your forehead or anything right. like that right. so how is it to combine this career where rapping just like rock and roll is often associated with kind of bad boy right and if you listen to the lyrics it's definitely yeah. Bad boy stuff, yeah, for you know? Sure. How is it to let these two things coexist? And to have a family as well.
1: Ah, uh, well, the the job funds the funds the the the, 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 wrapping, the recording, the, the beats, everything. So it's uh it kinda kinda go coincides economically.
2: Mm.
1: Um as far as uh as far as image is concerned. Um i think i i still have a rap persona in at work they know me as the rapper mm-hmm. you know they they know me as that's what i do on my you know while i'm not at work um i don't think it really affects what i do professionally uh, as far as how they view me or if they take me they take you seriously, seriously. yeah yeah exactly yeah i don't i don't think it affects that mm. um but it's a conservative environment
0: in some way. You know, corporate in environment ways, yeah, in, in sure. Czech Republic is is often yeah a little bit conservative. Yeah, it is quite. To say the least. Yeah.
1: Um, but I think that if you were to balance it, I think if you balance it properly, mm. um, I think it's okay. Like, I don't let it, like, I don't go, like, let's say I go and I have a, a show at night. You know, I'm not going to go and get, you know, go and get drunk and torn up to the point to where I can't go to the work, you know, mm. the next morning. You know, there's still a certain amount of responsibility that I have to kind of keep. Um, also, still across, I mean, image wise, too, I don't want to be seen around, you know, around town drunk and, you know, completely, you know, out of sorts. Like, I want to kind of maintain in a certain image, you know, outside of work on top of insider work, mm-hmm. you know, so that way everything is balanced. Mm. Um, it's sometimes difficult. Mm. Um, and then having a family on the top, um, like my son knows what I do. He's two years old. He still knows what I do. Like he's seen, he's seen, he's actually been to one of my recording sessions. He's been to my video sessions. Um, he's seen me perform, you know, at shows. So he knows, you know, he sees Oh, daddy's dancing, you know, and, um it's really cool uh, to, for him to actually even be aware that this is going on. So it's pretty cool. Um but yeah, all these things I have to kind of keep a certain decorum. Um, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that I'm not out of sorts Even my my Facebook profile, IG and stuff like that, I try to post, you know, classy things, not anything, yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? Not so, too 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 much Yeah, not too too risque or anything like that. I don't wanna I don't want to be viewed as that, that guy, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to be, I don't have a, like this, you know, squeaky clean image either. Like I'm definitely not that dude either, but I'm not someone who's going to do something that's going to be like, if if I see something I'm going to say, okay, that's, that's in bad taste. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to post that. I'm not going to say that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have that in my video, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know? So you Know as long as I'm able to control my image and how I want to brand myself, mm. um, then um, once I have control over that, I'm okay,
0: yeah, yeah. But the, the, and I, I, your songs, I, I, there are two songs that 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 I really, really like that, that you made. The one of them is called Breathe, and the other one's called Concrete God Slaps. And I think the lyrics in Concrete God Slaps are up, let's say, I don't know what, what. When, when you swear a lot what's yeah, it that it's, a,
1: it's a yeah it's just uh, cursing yeah yeah uh, um
0: but b- I mean like so because I know that that in some cases you have performed that at work
1: events yes I did actually I did perform that a couple times yeah
0: and and that particular song can you perform that at the work event?
1: um that particular song concrete God slaps not yeah. On the microphone. No. Living on kiffin' uh, on damage niggas You better wise the fuck up. Fuck up. young blood slab bitch on the mic. Hungry guns. Living on kiffin' on damaging niggas. You better wise the fuck up. On the microphone. No. Blood, Not on the mic. microphone. I'll on do it time. like, you know, there's a group of people and you know I wanna, you know, I'll go and I'll you know, kick a rap or whatever. You know, I'll do that one. Um, I could even do the verse, but maybe not the hook because yeah. the hook is the hook is pretty brutal, Yeah. which I love. Um, but uh, the 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 verse can be I don't know, depend on how you deliver it. Mm. You can change it and modify it how you want it to. You know, I can make it poetry if I needed to. You know, so yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's it's all about the delivery as far as the verse, but the uh, but the hook, the uh, the refrain, uh, I probably would no. Oh refrain you, from you, would, you, <laughs> you would
0: get some eye, uh, eyes when you would come to the office the day after performing that at uh, company event. I
1: pro- uh i probably would get some um i think some i think they would say you know that was really cool and they would probably just leave it at that it probably would you know you know any other opinions they may not you know express in oh. my face <laughs> but uh, talking about
0: talking about language in, in rap right. um, now um it's um we live in a day and age where where anything you say can and will be used against <laughs> you, not in the court of law, but on <laughs> social media or wherever you you let those words out. And Which people is just are as bad almost now. Yeah, people are are getting insulted on behalf of others, mm-hmm. on behalf of people they don't know, mm-hmm. on behalf of nations they don't know, <laughs> right. um, and they are very offended for the tiniest thing ever. Absolutely. Now, f- how? And I mean, um, and what I, from what I see, that a lot of people, even myself, you know, we, you, you kind of start self-censoring in a way that you, you try to avoid either discussing certain topics or you really think about how to pick your words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, it's always good when people are considerate to others and and blah blah blah. But on the other hand, we we will never be able to live in a world but everybody can walk on eggshells and nothing breaks, you know? Right, right. Now, if I look at rap, Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of feels like rap has avoided this Mm -hmm. in some way. I mean, you hear the occasional, oh, this is a degrading, this is degrading for women or this is something like that. But Mm -hmm. it's equally women that are rapping degradingly then and men. Mm -hmm. So you can't even say, oh, it's just chauvinistic or it's just this and that. Do you, do you feel this I mean do, do, do like, because now you've been involved in this for a really long time I mean mm-hmm. you've been more than 20 years right. involved mm-hmm. um, and and I guess you're really into this mm-hmm. uh genre and, and 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 what's going on
1: right how is this affected by this well I think the the thing is is that hip hop actually spearheaded actually having this freedom of speech sort of thing there's you know when NWA you know had the FBI looking for them or Mm-hmm. Uncle Luke, you know, had to go up against the Supreme Court, um, you know, fighting, you know, to be able to have his lyrics, um and not have to be, you know, um, having the cops come down on him and, and put him in jail and stuff like that. So um we basically we put in the sweat and the tears to kinda be able to have this freedom of speech. We faced governments, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we we went through that. We fought for that. So, um I think if you're able to fight for that, you know, and you're willing to go through the slings and arrows, I think you deserve to be able to have that freedom of speech. Mm. Um, So I think that's where hip-hop is now. But um, as far as the degradation, I mean, I think there is... I think now a lot of it is just the same type of degradation and the same type of... There's no there's no variety here. You know, you're talking about money. You're talking about hoes. You're talking about cars and, and bitches, everything is bitches, bitches and hoes. Bitches is bitches and hoes, you know, as it's, 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 and it's, you know, it's a lot and it's, and it's on a radio and it's to be broadcasted. And that too is also a part of this whole systematic racism. Mm. Um, because this is done. Of course, you know, who owns the radio stations, right? Mm. Um, they are in control of what's being played over it. Mm. And I think there's an agenda there, and I believe that the lyrics that that they are um, exhibiting on the radio stations um, are directly affecting the minds of the listeners, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, who is behind this? I believe it is the I, I would say not the Illuminati, but the, the 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 people who are like a part of the one percent, the people who are are. Uh, in charge of media mm-hmm. as a whole, like this, not as a whole, but like um, all the media, the major stations. So all of their their major stations, and then there's the all the 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 sub, uh, smaller local radio local. stations, yeah. local ones, and mm-hmm. then they're they're incentivized to play this music.
0: Mm. So, in th- the
1: purpose of, in the purpose of, it's a way of brainwashing. I mean, I don't think uh, these songs do anything to uplift any communities. Mm. Uh, Certainly, I don't see that. Mm. And the songs that are, because there are tons of songs that are um, very, very uplifting and inspiring to do very good things, are not being played. Mm. And there's been a shift. And I was there for the shift. I've seen the shift. I've seen Public Enemy. And then I've seen Migos. Mm. I've seen the shift, and there there was a wave of positivity coming out that has been completely hushed. Mm. You know, there was uh, there was common, there was um, there was Talib Kweli, there was Mosdef. Excuse me, the whole neo soul movement uh, was all about uplifting and educating. You know, um,
0: blacks then primarily, or I mean, is the music aimed at?
1: Yeah. At 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 the uh-huh. black demographic, absolutely.
0: So and so, you feel that that the the, the let's say the powers in control, mm-hmm. the puppet masters, yes, let's call them that that they are, they are maintaining a certain message through music. In this case, I mean, I guess right. they do it then in, in a lot of other things as well, film and, and mm-hmm. other entertainment. Absolutely, that protects the status quo. Absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think that perpetuates the crime rates. That perpetuates. There's a lot of a uh, lot of you know drug rap, a lot of cocaine rap, a lot of uh, you know stories of you know slinging cocaine. Let's uh, let's make some crack. Let's get some arm and hammer. Let's get some baking soda in there. Let's mix it up. You know, let's cut these bricks. You know, serve it to the to, to the public. You know, there's a lot of that out there too. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of that is just to perpetuate the crime rate. But do
0: you, like, so in this sense, I guess that the the council culture will never manage to break this down because in this case they are up against, as you say, yeah, the puppet masters that, that have the control. Mm-hmm. They
1: because are the ones who, so basically they were wondering, okay, all right, how are we going to be the, the, the main culture influencers? Mm. Let's take you know, the average kid from the hood who may or may not have much talent. Mm. Let's give them, let's tell them the message that we want to hear and let's have it broadcasted all over the United States Mm. and let that be the culture. This is the culture that we want to perpetuate Mm. to the young black and urban youth. Mm -hmm. Let's get that message out there and let's give them the ingredients to be able to make this happen Let's give them drugs. Let's give them guns. Let's give them, you know, tons of alcohol to make, you know, terrible decisions. Mm. Um, Let's give them poverty. Make sure that, you know, they are not able to survive on their own to be able to, you know, they can have a job. Make sure they're not able to pay their bills and have them find another way to make the money. Mm. But at the same time, they're making the choice Mm. and that's the key is to make sure that they are making the choice, Mm. but you guide them to Mm. make Mm. the choice that you Mm. want them to make. And that's what's, I feel like is going on there.
0: But um, I mean, then, um, of course you're always going to be somehow the product of your environment. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to be, um, you know affected by w- what happens to you and and where you're from and and all these things and right. the cultures around you and i mean in some way um i admit i can see this what you're saying mm. I, I could buy into this Okay. i i, I personally think that 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 uh, in america there's a conspiracy against the, its people on at all, levels, all you know, levels to keep them sick to keep mm. them Oh, and to to convince them to buy a, uh, the second car, third car, the yes. uh, traffic infrastructure. And it means that they need to commute all the time. So absolutely. they can't even read. They don't have any free time. They don't have holiday. And on top of all of this, there's someone that convinces them that this is the best country in the world. And <laughs> it's not right. It's, 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 it's the, it's the biggest hoax ever. Completely. So I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I I could buy into something like this, but uh, yeah, p- 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 people will probably call me crazy for it and and you as well, but that's Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Uh, Worse things could happen. But on the other hand, towards this, uh, you have the individual responsibility that, that I, as a person, am responsible for my own fate and my own choices. Absolutely. And, and and if I look at you, Mm -hmm. you're actually, you had, if I, you know, okay, so you had this medical issue with your, your kidneys and your urine system as a Mm seven-year-old. You're abused by a relative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have issues at school that are consequences of, of these things. Mm-hmm. You come from a town where it's probably easier to be a criminal than a, a good guy, right. let's say. Mm-hmm. And you have issues. You fail a drug test. You, I mean, you obviously had some problems in your life. Mm-hmm. And and I, I can't say that you had the wind in your sails. Right. But here you are. Yeah. Um, you become a father. You had a, a good job. I know you left that job now, but mm-hmm. you had a good job. I mean, it's COVID and it's, it's real yeah, times. Right. You've created music. And uh, so in some way, um, you're maybe an example of someone
1: who kind of swam against the stream in a way. Or, or Yeah. I was actually, I was born uh, swimming against the stream because... Everything that led up to like now, as far as even medically, I was, I was raised basically in the hospital, mm. you know, I had, you know, instead of having the local drug dealer be my influence and in who I see is the person I want to be, it was the doctors and the nurses that were like, you know, who I wanted to be like, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a doctor when I was young because I saw the doctors doing all the cool stuff, you know, helping people, helping and- people and, you know, and. Saving lives and things like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. You know, so I was a product of my environment essentially because I was in the hospital every year. So maybe like that saved you
0: in a way that that you saw the role models differently.
1: Essentially, yes. Uh-huh. Essentially, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pretty sure if I didn't have that influence, I would. You know, I have to be influenced in some sort of way. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe it would have been the uh, the local drug dealer. You know, the local thug. Mm. Someone who I think you know has has it all. Mm. You know, or, or is doing better than I am. Mm. Um, but to me, that was the doctors. They made the money. They saved the lives. They were the coolest. Uh, they were always nice to me. They were, you know, they were uh, smart. Uh, they were great. They um, made a difference in a lot of people's lives, and I think that was more or less my what my influences were. Mm.
0: But it's it's th- yeah, but it's interesting. Like um, I guess she. Uh, I guess you could be an inspiration for a lot of kids from that 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 go through the same same things. And 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 as I said, I mean, it's it's also it's also our responsibility to break out of the system, or you know, yeah, to break absolutely. off the route, you know, somehow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it can be hard, and people are have different strengths. But um, if you could do it, then I guess a lot of other people that have dealt with less absolutely challenging issues could for sure and and actually talking health um when i contacted you to to come here and and, and meet with me you mm. you were actually recovering from an operation
1: yeah yeah i just had a kidney transplant uh, about a month and a half ago wow yeah
0: so uh, was that connected to the the issue from <laughs> all the way from
1: the birth defect actually uh huh. Yeah, because the the botch then went into the catheterization. The catheterization brings a certain amount of bacteria, and that then infects the kidneys that were already damaged from birth. Um, I lost the the right kidney at twelve. Mm-hmm. I had my only left kidney left, and then um, that failed, and I was on dialysis for two years. So you go into a
0: machine, or, or like mm-hmm. what's it called? Like yeah, you, like a,
1: it's a it's a cycler that basically. Yeah, that f- filters. Yeah, filters you know. your blood and and all that stuff. So I did that for two years uh, prior to the surgery, uh, which I had in November.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Yep. And, uh huh. Yeah. And so someone, you got a donor kidney. kidney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and did. Uh, yeah. And you don't know anything about where that's from or anything.
3: How, how no. does this work?
1: Yeah, it's a it's it was a deceased donor. Uh-huh. Uh Uh, the the hospital like to keep that sort of stuff kind of anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, so all I know is that the person was a male. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was probably even by mistake that I even found that out because they were saying like, you know how the kidney worked in the person uh, before before, and then it was it was a, it was a long journey for me as far as the kidney because usually you get a kidney transplant, you're probably in and out of there in about two weeks. Uh huh. Mine took a whole month. Because the kidney took a long time for it to start working. Uh Uh-huh. Then after it started working and they felt, you know, good enough for me to to send me home, basically what they did is they sent me home for Christmas because, you know, they try to keep a low census in Christmas. And, you know, I was well enough to be able to go home. Mm -hmm. Um, But then after a while, I was anemic. Um, I had very low red and white blood cells, so I had Mm -hmm. to go back for an additional two weeks after. So... I went back, and then I've only been home for about a week and a half, maybe almost two weeks now. Mm-hmm. So that was, and and I'm hoping that's like the end of my hospital journey so far. And <laughs> I hope I don't have to go back for anything else. Um, but yeah, so I basically just got back from the hospital from that whole ordeal. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So there is basically another dude's kidney inside you now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's working away right now. It's uh, it's producing, Make, making pee. making making some good OP. Yeah, <laughs> making that yellow stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: crazy, actually. No, yeah. And and and
1: um, how long did you wait for, for for this? Let's see. I was on a list uh for about a year and a half, almost like a year, year and three fourths of a year. Uh-huh. Yeah, a year and say I don't know, eight eight or nine months. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I was quite lucky. I think here the wait time is a lot less because um, you have to sign out of the transplant. Yeah, you opt out of the yeah, donation
0: right. process. So there are more kidneys available. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So the the process is a lot faster. I probably would be waiting a lot longer uh, in the States. Uh-huh. Probably like, you know, four or five years or so. I think it's somewhere around the average. And then on, on the top of that, you... You get a new transplant. You get a new lease on life, but you still get the hospital bill. Okay. Uh. <laughs> you still got to take medicine, and uh, the um, the anti rejection medicines are like you know hundreds hundreds of bucks. Uh, you know, and here
0: so, it's part of our in- social insurance.
1: Yeah, I think I just got I just got a prescription for uh, In-Virus, uh which is one of my main anti rejection drugs, and it said yeah, that's on the insurance. Well, you don't have to pay. Here's three yeah. boxes of something that costs about three hundred bucks in the states. Yeah, I, I, I always when I've been to a doctor, I'm like, "Do I? Are you sure you
0: don't want me to pay anything?" But <laughs> here's uh, a tip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but it's so. I, I, it's a check kidney. Yes,
1: yes it is. So I believe, th- this I, I, is believe a, I believe it. I believe it is. I'm this is a kidney sure. that will be able to deal with a lot of beer. Then, yeah, this this should be ready for any um, kind of beer. Oh drinking. man, Kozel, yeah, ready for you know Budvar, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 made tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's built to last. It's like it Ford. It is. <laughs> um,
0: okay, um, but. Um, we're kind of coming to the end of it, but I just wanted to ask you. I mean, how do you see it d- develop for yourself? Like, if you look look forward into the future now, I mean, you uh, pretty much had in your life a lot of challenging things, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully now with this kidney transplant, you you are at least over one of the the mountains. Yes. Same. Yes. Um, is there green fields and sunshine ahead?
1: Um, I'm hoping so. Mm. Um, right now is kind of like a crossroads for me, kind of like a transition time. Uh, not only because of the kidney, but um, career wise as well. Um, I'm thinking if I still want to do corporate, um, you know, or be in an office environment. Um, you know, I like it because it's steady. It's steady money. I get paid. Um, do I like some of the 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 corporate you know attitude and things like that? Not really. Mm. You know, I'm I'm a bit more of a like an artsy creative type person, you know, essentially. But you know, I've I've been in the corporate, you know, arena for quite some time. So I'm kinda used to it. But is it something that I have a passion for? Not really. Mm. Um but yeah, I do my job well, you know, whatever I whatever I want to do. Um, you know, you train me and I will get it done. Uh but uh I think Maybe I would want to start going into education. Mm. Um, I'm thinking of being an English teacher mm. uh, for a while. Usually, it's the other
0: way around. You do that when you come here, and yeah. then ten years on, you're something else. You're yeah. doing it backwards. I'm
1: doing it backwards. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Usually, yeah, when you come here, you're you're definitely taking on the English because uh, it's. I think it's easy easy to get into in mm. a way. Mm. Um, also, it's a uh, it's steady work, and then you can also control your hours. I think that's where I want to be now, where I'm actually controlling my hours. That you can then give more
0: to the music and and,
1: yeah, yeah, I can give more to the music and give more to my son. Yeah, I can um yeah, I can be a little bit more flexible with my time. So, um, and also I would like to work from home as well. So I want to be more, um, and but then also have more sources of income as well, not just you know. You know, education, but maybe um, also I might want to take on something else. Maybe even my own business. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of um, actually a few different avenues. To okay, yeah. So Sounds cool. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And and what what about the the rap? I mean, I know you you're working on an album, or you kind of mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what, what stage you did. What what's going on there? Well, right now I'm working on an album that's going to be self-produced, mm-hmm. uh, which is the production side is definitely new for me, um, but it's something that has been in the making for a long time, um, I was doing loops and uh, different uh, uh, different sounds and and, and songs uh, back when I was like I don't know twenty twenty one and I had such like very uh, I don't know rudimentary uh, ways of of uh, bringing that together. So basically, I had a DVD player that had the little AB function. Yeah, I would take a CD and then I would make the loops out of the AB function, uh-huh. and then I would record it on set. And then that's how I started with the loops. And then now, you know, some time had passed, and I didn't have any equipment or anything like that. And you know, some of the things that I was uh, trying to trying to come to fruition really didn't work out. Um, one of my, I actually had a, I had a program in which I was using to produce music, and my computer crashed, so all the music that I'd done previously had just completely gone. Mm. Um, and I'll never be able to retrieve it. And that kind of sent me, like, back for a bit. And I was like, you know, what, you know, I, I'm I am i don't have that same drive anymore because, I, you know, all the stuff that I'd done previously is gone. It was actually some good stuff. And, you know, I don't know where to start now. So then recently I started picking it back up again. Um, I had some friends that were into it. Mm. They showed me which way to go, um, thanks to my friend Giannis. Uh, was one who showed me kind of like, you know, what machine to get. You know, I got the Native Instruments. And I started working on, you know, uh, doing loops again, making my own beats. And that kind of started me to want to become more of a complete artist mm. and not have to go and pay for someone else's vision and of what the beats should sound like and actually make that for myself mm-hmm. to be able for me to create a, the entire story. So with the lyrics plus the, the production, music and, uh, yeah
0: and producing the whole thing. Right. And when do you think you're going to publish something? I mean, or do you have any any idea about yeah, that? Yeah,
1: I'm thinking somewhere around summertime, because yeah. just because I want to be able to follow that up with some shows as yeah. well. And yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. yeah like and things open up again? I hope so. I'm hoping, like, you know, just like last year, like COVID kind of took a big dip when everything kind of, like, got, you know, warm. Mm. I'm hoping that will happen again. Plus, on the top, you know, with the vaccines and stuff, and I'm hoping... At that time, we don't have to worry about COVID as much. Like mm-hmm. it's still, I feel like it's still going to be around. Yeah, but I feel like it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be so intense, and everything won't be so closed. And mm. maybe we'll be able to have some shows once you know you be able to show whether or not you have. Like, uh, uh,
0: I, ho- I hope so. I really, really hope so. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is getting pretty boring.
1: It's it's getting. Uh, I mean, really is starting to take a toll psychologically. Yeah, yeah, it's really like because I'm I, I went through all this whole transplant uh thing and then you know before they you know you have a transplant they tell you you know oh what you know freedom you're gonna have and all this i I haven't really experienced any freedom because there's nowhere to go yeah yeah. there's nothing to do i can't go any shows i can't go any movies i can't really even travel Uh, you know i've been home Mm. basically Mm. like this is one of the few times i've actually even been out it's just right now wow yeah
0: so let's stay here 10 more hours just to you (laughs) enjoy your freedom and sure (laughs) please um Anyway, so uh, where 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 is it possible to kind of keep up with you? I mean,
1: you you have uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. I do. I have an Instagram, uh, Jay Youngblood three thousand, on Instagram. Jay
0: Jay Youngblood. Yep. Jay Youngblood. Three
1: thousand. Three thousand. And and Facebook. Facebook, uh, Johnny Youngblood on Facebook. I have a uh, fan page. There, you can also go to, um, and let's see, you can find me on Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. uh i have three albums out on Bandcamp currently Mm -hmm. um i also have a channel on youtube as well uh johnny youngblood and you can find me there as well and then uh soon probably by summertime you'll also be able to find me on spotify and and some of the other streaming platforms yeah because
0: i found some of the stuff where you were collaborating with others on spotify yeah with this iron cap guy here in, in in prague right and uh and then I found some of the other stuff in different places. But guys, definitely check Johnny out. It's it's really and I I recommend these two songs, "Breathe" and and the uh, "Concrete God Slaps." These are really really cool songs. And awesome, um, and the videos are actually nice as well. They're produced here, right? Yes, they are all produced yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, in Prague. And um, yeah, it's it's quite a quite a journey you've had. <laughs> yeah. I must say. I mean, it's uh, it would have been a million times easier just to give up I guess
1: at times I wanted to yeah sure
0: but um, yeah those of you who like the show please follow it uh, uh, it's on Spotify Google Apple and uh, different a uh, few other different platforms uh, we have a Instagram account that is called I think Bunker Prague it's not a big one it's just me trying to be funny uh, my personal one is Midlife Crisis Warrior on Instagram and I have the same on Twitter Uh, The show has a Facebook page called The Bunker. How the hell did we end up here? Uh, Feel free to write me anything uh, not religious stuff, though, like I've been getting lately. Uh, But um, if you know any cool people that are having an interesting story or doing something cool, let me know about them. I'm happy to have them on my show. Uh, Thanks to the sponsors. Please review me. And, uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Johnny, thanks for coming.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. All right. All right. my mind i look on the world is tinted with rose-colored glasses the misery of this, full of pistol changed thoughts to roses to thistles when what i once knew and what i now know collide like two worlds fighting for the same space that's fighting for the same space fighting for the same space